1: Hi, hello, how are you? It's Daryl, and welcome to the first episode in an ongoing series called Cage Rage Revisited. This is a little mini-side series in which I'm going back to some of the older episodes of the podcast, the ones where I didn't have a guest with me, just trying to do some more justice to the filmers. I don't think I did justice to, and you know, if anything on this podcast... We are always doing justice to the golden hog of Hollywood on the never-ending journey to true cage nirvana. We've got to do the golden hog of Hollywood good. We've got to do him right. And this is me setting those things right. Um, so in this first episode, um, I am joined... By TV's Rob Jones, our writer, presenter, uh, general film do-gooder and good egg all round. Um, He's joined me to revisit the Cajun classic Vampire's Kiss. The Vampire's Kiss is one I've been wanting to go back to for the longest time. Uh, And Rob joined me on this adventure in revisiting this um, insane film. It's such a uh, a wonderful episode. Very, very funny episode. Uh, Lovely, hot, fresh way to start off Cage Rage Revisited. Um, I meant to put this episode out in December, January. um, But life, as you know, keeps on happening. Uh, In this sort of gap between episodes, got a dog. I have a dog now, that's a thing. And it turns out dogs take up a lot of your time. Uh, So apologies for the delays. Uh, My general laziness. Um I am you know trying to get back on the proactive horse. Um, and this uh is the incentive to do that Cage Rage revisited. Um you know obviously the main series Cage Rage will continue as we wait on the likes of Renfield and Sympathy for the Devil and Sand and Stones and other such films like that. So dream Scenario as well. But in the meantime, I hope you enjoy this offering. Um, all the links in the descriptions as usual. If you've enjoyed the episode, please consider liking it and sharing it. And you can follow down in all the social medias for myself and Rob in the description down below. Without further ado, let's just jump right into it. It's Cage Rage Revisited Vampire's Kiss. Daryl Edge and Rob Jones. Enjoy. We go back to 1989 this week to revisit the all-time Cage classic, Vampire's Kiss. Here, Cage plays Peter Lowe, a literary agent slowly losing his mind after seemingly being turned into a vampire. Joining me on the journey to true Cage nirvana this week to see if this vampire is a true chef's kiss or a sloppy grandma smooch is writer, presenter, and all-round good egg. It's TV's Rob Jones, everyone. TV's Rob Jones, thank you for joining. Uh, how are you doing today?
0: Um, it's an absolute pleasure to be here, Mr. Darrell Edge. Um, I'm good, I'm good. I got up nice and early to prep myself, did three or four press-ups uh, just to get the blood pumping, <laughs> uh, and then had a fry-up to stop that blood pumping. <laughs>
1: <laughs> get back down! <laughs> yeah. Back into the heart where you belong. Yeah. Um, as, as Rob can see, because obviously you're just listening to this on the audio, you can't see the video of this. Uh, every time I talk, there's just a cold puff of smoke that comes out of my mouth. <laughs> so this, it's been a while since an episode's come out, so this might be the last one. So uh, <laughs> let's see how far we make it before I clock out, people.
0: Yeah, I, I think, of, think of this as like an audition, because if you do die, I feel like I then must precede you, seeing as I'll just, I will never stop recording. I'll just keep it going forever.
1: <laughs> It'd be the longest single podcast episode. <laughs> See how long re-
0: until I perish.
1: <laughs> You'll recover uh, all of Nicolas Cage's films in one absolute Cajun marathon, which uh, is genuinely impressive. And if that is your goal, then I do, I, I do gift you this to inherit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think I don't think anyone can or should attempt that because that, I mean that's a, that's, that's a one way ticket to insanity, I believe. Because <laughs> look That's- how Nicolas Cage has turned out. He's been in every one of those films and that man is mental. So take from that what you will.
1: <laughs> take it from the man who's now watched all of his films and he's going back to watch some of them again. <laughs> I've by this point there's like a hundred episodes out. Uh so I've already there's already like a hundred plus hours of free Nicolas Cage content out Whoa. there. Um and I um, <laughs> I'm not I'm not the same man that I was. <laughs> When lockdown started, yeah, it, you've you've
0: changed, man.
1: <laughs> I used to be humble and have dreams. <laughs>
0: None more a husk of a man, just full of Nicholas Cage quotes.
1: <laughs> I was I was full of Cage quotes before, but just less husky.
0: <laughs> I, I imagine your impressions just got better.
1: <laughs> Arguably, <laughs> <laughs> I just I just lost my bones over time. <laughs> I just became more gelatinous as uh, as time went on
0: we'll thought- find out in the cold because that gelatinous that gel will freeze and then you'll become <laughs> <laughs> like the statue of Nicolas cage behind you <laughs> rigid and slowly chewed away by your cat
1: <laughs> just one bend in the midriff <laughs> <laughs> just keeled over I, I always sort of said jokingly on the podcast that if Nicolas cage ever found out about this i imagine his one quote to me would be stop um. <laughs>
0: <laughs> please he it, it would be like that but louder and with a lot more gesture
1: <laughs> You've got to stop recording!
0: There you go, that's the impression. Perfect, that's all I wanted, I can go now.
1: <laughs> we're done, we're out! <laughs> As the blood rushes into my cold, icy fingertips in this minus three degree room.
0: Good lord! Yeah, it must be horrible up north. I'm like London, so I think it's fine here. I've got a little bit of sun coming through the window, I feel feel light and breezy. And I'm also wearing a Hawaiian shirt, just to try and sort, sort of replicate the summer if I can.
1: I know you've got so many plants in your uh, room situation there. You've got that fresh plant oxygen coming through. <sighs> <Yeah. laughs> all I've got is um, begrudgingly I've turned the heating on to do this to try and make it through, and I hate every part of it. Those bills are going to be pricey. Yeah, but, no, I've uh,
0: no idea what's going on in my house. It's just up up and down all the time, um, but hopefully I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be far away before we have to pay for it. That's the plan. I oh, might <laughs> yeah. be moving up north. Darren, so it- there we go. Darren,
1: Darren, Daryl. You've lost it. He's gone. He doesn't know who I am. <laughs> you have no
0: idea. I've never met this man in my life.
1: It's it's not like you went to the same uni 10 years ago. Don't worry about it.
0: Yeah, we've known each other forever, but it's okay.
1: Darren. <laughs> All right. Ron Johns.
0: <laughs> I'll take Ron. Every time I, because of, of the tash that I have, every time I go to like a Starbucks or a coffee shop, if I ever say my name, most of the time they write Ron on, on the coffee cup. I think it's just because I look like a Ron. <laughs>
1: I love the, uh, the audacity of the star of the Starbucks. Like, my name is Rob, and they're <laughs> no. no. No, 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 no. <laughs> you shut up. <laughs> this is basically a brand new christening in this house of bean.
0: <laughs> From the bean queen herself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> ah, 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 ah. <laughs> um, but speaking of kings and queens, royalty as we have it here. Um, Nicolas Cage, the man I call the golden hog of Hollywood... Um, and I always love to kick off these episodes, especially with brand new guests on this journey to True Cage Nirvana. Uh, Rob Jones, for you, Nicholas Cage, rate, hate, tolerate—where do you stand on the man I dubbed the Golden Hog?
0: It's um, it's a very that's a very complicated question. Um, well, f- f- firstly, why do you call him the Golden Hog of Hollywood? Is it reference to his penis? Because that's what I think every time I hear that.
1: It started out that way.
0: Because <laughs> now I can think about his, his golden hog, but it's not about his hog. Um, it's about what I think of Cage. Well, I, I, I when I was younger, I was always a Nicholas Cage fan because uh, I, I myself enjoy the Holy Trinity, which I believe is Face Off, um, Con Air, um, and oh wait, what's the third big Cage one? Oh, and, the- and 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 the Rock. Of course. That's, that for me is like the kind of golden triangle of Cage. And I love all those movies. But I think I, I love those movies, but not necessarily because of Nicolas Cage. And then I started thinking about this in lockdown. And I was like, well, it, is, he, is he good? Do I like him? Is he a good actor? I need to try and go back into early Cage and decide that for myself before these big movies. Uh, and I did watch Vampire's Kiss. Uh, and the first time I watched it, I was like, no. <laughs> no, I, no, 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 I don't like Nicolas Cage. This is insane. Why is everybody obsessed with him? Um, but then over the years, as I have aged like a fine wine, um, and I've expanded on the Cage verse, the Cage was that is there a name for the Cage universe? Have you got like a uh,
1: we are quietly dubbing it the multiverse of sadness,
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Throughout the multiverse of sadness, I've got more into um, his more serious roles and appreciated Cage in, um, say, Pig, for instance. Sure. One of my favourites. So I think I I tolerate Cage, but after watching Vampire's Kiss three times now, (laughs) I'm particularly loving Cage, which I didn't expect.
1: Oh, what an excellent answer. What a journey that you've been on. Absolutely. Um, I think for a lot of people, the Cage appreciation starts out ironically. And when you're in a position like mine, especially with uh, the mentally ill journey of taking on a Nicolas Cage (laughs) podcast, let's be honest, people do ask me, like, is this an ironic appreciation or love that you have for Cage? And for what I've been telling people for over 10 years, no, but now I've got the technology to back it up. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) And now here we are. It's... um, it's weird because Nicholas Cage, especially in Vampire's Kiss, um, as you will likely know, Mr. Jones, someone um, who has an internet connection, yeah. is very well um, associated with meme culture. And this film we're going to sort of dive into today, Vampire's Kiss, is uh, in no short uh, way quite responsible for a lot of the memification of Cage, the memification if you will,
0: very nice wordplay. I expect a lot of that over the next hour. <laughs> it's,
1: it's it's the only form of comedy I got left. <laughs> um, but uh, th- when was the first time that you discovered Vampire's Kiss? Because for me, this is kind of like the closest film I can associate this with is kind is almost like The Room in the sense of you don't find the room; the room finds you. And I feel this is kind of similar for Vampire's Kiss. Like, you hear whispers of it in the darkest alleyways, and then one day you've got an Peter Lowe character screaming, I'm a vampire. Um, I'm a vampire, I'm a vampire, I'm a vampire, I'm a vampire. (laughs) Um, (laughs) How did this one come around for you?
0: Well, Lumpy, yeah, like I said, so in it was it was legit in in lockdown. i I'd never really like heard of it, and I was just trying to look for like early cage, and I'd would seen um, raising Arizona because raising Arizona was, um, was it, no was it was it before this.
1: Yes, that was quite yes. early.
0: So I saw that and, he, and he's, 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 a, he's a, a little bit mental, but just not like he doesn't go full cage, if you will. Um, so I was like, OK, I'll give vampires a go because I'm a, a horror aficionado. I love horror films and seeing Nicholas Cage in, in a vampire film, I was kind of into it. Um, and I didn't know up to this point that it was the meme film. So, yeah. um, so so, it was a kind of mix of like, what on what earth is happening? What is going on? And then you go, oh, wait, that's the bit where he does that face. And then you'd be like, I, I, honestly, this is a ridiculous movie. Oh, wait, no, that's the bit where he does that face. So um, and th- then, of course, I learn my ABCs. But well, I'm sure we'll get into that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was just and in lockdown. And I, just, I finished it and the first time I watched it because I didn't know what to expect. I think I was like, why does everybody love that, that film? It was awful. I don't understand what's happening. I need a cleanse.
1: I know you are a man who takes your horror very seriously. You hold your horror in um, very high regard. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure the first time you watched this, you must have thought this is an affront to God.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not like, I'm not, it's not scary. It's not like gory. But then like, I don't know if I I didn't, when I rewatched it just recently, I forgot actually how dark it is. Like yeah. it's not it's, it's not it's not horror as in like, I, think, I think it's genuinely more psychological horror than anything for specifically one female character uh, <laughs> and a cockroach. But um, it, like, yeah, it's um, it's it's definitely a psychological horror. But then obviously it is it is funny, um, but I don't know if at the time that was on purpose, but I'm sure we will uh, break that down as we go forward.
1: We will break this film down as much as it breaks down the people that watch it. Because um, I think people can... This is the kind of thing i found with repeat viewings, that there is more stuff to sort of analyse and digest. The first time you watch it, like you are going to be absolutely bewildered and astonished and baffled by Cage and everything he's doing. Um, and as you will say, he's bringing in... Uh, German expressionism into this influence of Nosferatu and Dr. Mm-hmm. Caligari, um, and he sort of said in interviews this was one of his favorite films to make because he was able to push the boundaries. He's, he said something like, um, "Everyone was doing naturalism back then, and I wasn't interested in that." Um, it's like so conventional acting. Not, you know, I want to, I want to go further. I want to break the wall down. I want to push beyond the realms of those Academy bozos whatever films they're awarding this year um and then the director as well uh Robert Bierman, I believe pretty much let him do anything that he wanted to do
0: yeah that's I mean that's what I got got from this is that was was Nicolas Cage like bullying him or was it a case of like he got Bierman in and then Bierman was like okay so we're gonna start now and Nicolas Cage is like no 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 will start when I want to start. Okay, here's 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 a little bit of an idea of how I should no no I will do this scene, how I want to do this scene. Now shut up Robert. Just shut up now.
1: <laughs> well I think um they don't have like a Blu-ray out of it yet in like the in uh, the region two markets where we are but there is a DVD commentary and you can find like this online and there's a, a website that did a breakdown of all the best points of the DVD commentary. And a lot of the DVD commentary was Robert Beam and saying, I have no idea what we were doing. I have no idea why I let you do that. There, there was a scene where Cage like destroys all these items in an apartment. There's like tables and furniture and glass. And they could only do the scene in one take. Um, and Cage was like, what the fuck was I thinking letting you do this? And a, a lot of the commentary was like... Um, just explanations of trying to talk cage down, I think cage was early twenties in a lot of ways still trying to find himself as an actor at this point yeah you can you
0: can te- you can kind of tell that at that point <laughs> I think he tries like, every accent and every gesture and every kind of form of acting that he he, he can just in that hour and forty minutes
1: well he, he sort of described this as his um uh, his playground to experiments this was his science lab. Uh, you know those little science kits you get when you're seven and think science is amazing and you just make slime this was his yeah. slime this was cage says, um, this is his
0: slime Ethan. this this was him eating uh the sand out of the sand pit this is him <laughs> just like just like screaming um taking his clothes off he's 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 a madman this film and um it's like when i, like I said when i first watched it it was it was it was stupid but now it's just impressive I've ne- I've never I've never in my life seen a performance like Nicolas Cage in Vampire's Kiss and so that's so why I applaud him for that.
1: Well this is what I mean this is kind of what I said before because I don't think that Anyone else could have handled this role, and I mean, according to YMDB, and obviously, you can take IMD with a pinch of salt, it's anyone could throw a fact on there. Allegedly, according to the DB, mm-hmm. um, they'd considered Stallone for the role as well. <laughs>
0: that, 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 that
1: would be a much different, much different film. I
0: wouldn't, it wouldn't work, it wouldn't work at all. Do, do, do Sloan impression, uh, but do a line from Vampire's Kiss
1: Hey, I'm a vampire, I'm a vampire. <laughs> I'm
0: a vampire. I'm a vampire.
1: (laughs) It's it. You just put it in the right file. A A B C D. A A A. Adrian. (laughs) (laughs) Yes,
0: I fucking saw that coming. That was great. Because it was um. It's like yeah. That happens in like loads of again. Every time I watch a movie, afterwards I normally go to IMDb for the trivia, as I'm sure most people do. And um, and like every single trivia thing is like, oh, the, the person you never expect to be in that film is normally the first person they want to be in it. So yeah, Stallone to be in this, maybe he did, maybe that makes sense. But uh, I'm glad that Cage Cage got in there. Um, what do, do you know? Do you know why they chose Cage? Was there like a, a specific audition um, sort of situation, or was it because he's a Coppola, he just gets in it anyway? <laughs>
1: Well I think he was attached to it quite early on because the uh I think the writer, uh Joseph Minion was initially mm-hmm. scheduled to direct it. But he dropped out, so Cage dropped out. Um I think by the time this film came out as well, uh, Cage was sort of hot on the heels of Moonstruck as well. And he yes. had a few few award tickles on that. So from what I've read, his his <laughs> his management basically begged him not to do this film because <laughs> like you can't you can't do this off the back of like moonstruck
0: well it sounds yeah it sounds good like on paper so i mean um yeah because joseph minion for, he wrote after hours right the scorsese movie so mm-hmm. i mean i mean that's great so that's, that's a little tick um and then robert Bierman, however because i believe i believe joseph minion was meant to direct it but then it was passed on to, to beerman um Bierman, however didn't do much beforehand kind of a newbie i think he's british right i think he's english um yeah. and, and then since both joseph Minion and roy beerman haven't done much else <laughs> it was it was a kind of like a career killer for them but then cage just kept getting more and more and more and more uh, and did very well for i even think the um the actors which we'll come to um i don't know many of them like i don't think they did much after this film either
1: no, I think the therapist whose name escapes me. God, uh, that
0: therapist! I hate that therapist.
1: Cage's New York therapist. I think she. I think she was recently in uh, Russian Doll on Netflix. So oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she's still very much around. Everyone else, though, I'm not entirely sure. Well, I think. Do. I think the lady who played Alva in recent years um, was a Trump supporter. I could oh, be wrong. Oh
0: no! Well, then I'm glad those horrible things happened to her. No, I don't. <laughs> Alva has a very bad time. i very, very. Bad. I feel so bad for Alva. Um, oh no! Actually, no. I did some a little bit of research again with for, for the horror fans out there. Um, so Cassie Lemons, who plays the character of Jackie, uh, was in Silence of the Lambs and Candyman. So they're hmm. two two big classics. But I don't know what else she's done, kind of like since then. So. Bit
1: of a, bit of a bit of a horror babe. Yeah, a bit of an 80s horror babe. Um, mm-hmm. This is this is kind of like a... Because this came out in 89. I think this was meant to come out a few years before, but it got put on the shelf for a while. Um, so it's a bit of a weird one, because obviously the first time I watched this, I was like looking at the performance of uh, Peter Lowe from Cage, and I was like, this is Patrick Bateman. This yeah. man. It's just Patrick Bateman, and allegedly Christian Bale used this performance to inspire or inform his role in American Psycho as well.
0: You yeah, that that does kind of make sense. I guess. it's like yeah, it, it it feels very American Psycho, but like then but it's it's mental to be like, well, American Psycho is vel- is relatively tame compared. The vampire's kiss. When obviously Patrick Bateman is like a psychopath, I'd say he's a more controlled, <laughs> more likable psychopath than uh, than Mister 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 Low is.
1: Yeah, just a little bit. There's a lot of. I imagine that, like in the '80s or something, Patrick um, Patrick Bateman, um, Christian Bale was watching, going, "This guy's bloody bonkers." I'll have a bit of it. <laughs> I'll I'll
0: ever go on it. I always forget that. Um, he's uh, he's English. He's just He's a, a blo- American accent all the bloody time.
1: <laughs> alfred where are my bat ears um and other such things he's been in um mr christian Bale but um there's there's a lot of because obviously american psycho is very much looking back in the 80s and saying this was sorry, what Dad, a time
0: that sorry i'm going to have to stop you a second because the audio keeps cutting out
1: are you still here are you with me
0: i can yeah, i can hear you now but yours just go just went for like a little bit but I'll, we'll, we'll start. We'll do, Go from where you were again. but We'll just have a little pause so you can do some cutting if needs be.
1: All right. I'll do a little clap for myself in post as well.
0: Mm. Okay. Let's 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 continue.
1: So with American Psycho, it's uh, obviously a film that looks back at the eighties and on all the excess of the eighties and what a crazy time this was. And it kind of feels like if. Vampire's Kiss had come out at a different time. It feels like a weird time that it came out. Because Cage said he wanted to make basically a silent film but was in the 80s. But there's a lot of toxic masculinity in there. and um, I, I always wonder if it would come out at a different time, would it have been received better?
0: Yeah, because I am um, because I remember when it, when it first started and he it, it kind of opens in that jazz club, I was like, oh, and I was looking at the cast. I was like, this is quite a diverse cast. And I was like, for like 80, 89, it's like, quite a diverse cast. This is pretty good. But then you just kind of realize that like all the people of color are either in peril or they're a blood sucking vampire. So I was like, well, actually, no, not everyone's having a good time there. Um, but I think uh, if it came at a different time, I guess it would be more subtle, which, which wouldn't work for this movie. I think it I think it, ne- it needed although when the first time I watched it I didn't think it did I think it just needs that kind of input of just chaos uh, and Nicolas Cage um charisma to kind of like pull it through because like it, it again at the end of the day it's just a man having a mental breakdown um but Cage <laughs> is able to make it <laughs> hilarious uh, memeable um, and then I just again occasionally there's just such dark moments which just bring me straight back into oh god like why am I laughing at this some some people in this movie are having a bad time and this man is mentally unwell
1: <laughs> I mean the doctors didn't say he was okay but he's. Oh. I think the way he's portrayed as well it almost like a Walter White effect kind of that he's a bad person but because He's such, it's uh, like a silly goose in the way it's performed with the voice and the physicality that you kind of, you're kind of almost willing to give him a free pass even though he's a monster of a person.
0: Yeah, though, again, it's yeah, it's, it's as as we both know, if you're funny enough, you get away with murder. Um, and so like, <laughs> and so which which we don't because we're not funny enough. Um, <laughs> and so and so like, yeah, it's like. I don't. I don't know. It's, again, I was watching it with my. So the first time I watched it on my own, and the second time I watched it with my with my housemates and uh, my, my French housemate, however, who had no idea what the fuck was going on, and just like to, to start with was just kind of like confused. But then I guess when you just accept it for what it is, then you begin to enjoy the film because um, yeah, at the start, much like his kind of mental health throughout, he's 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 a dickhead, but he's like a calm, kind of collected dickhead in the therapist chair. Um, And then um, I was like, oh, he was really weird to start with and he's really weird at the end now. So like, I don't really see the progression. But then after kind of like studying it for this, I'm like, actually the progression is insane. And like opening, (laughs) opening cage to closing cage are so different. The juxtaposition is ridiculous.
1: It's a crazy journey, and this is what I mean. On the first viewing, you' there's so much on this that you just cannot possibly conceive, um, because I think if you are watching this for the first time, you've probably seen uh famous Cage internet video, Nicolas Cage losing his shit, um, which Vampire's Kiss accounts for maybe 50% of it. Um, <laughs> I think the, the, the best part about the Nicolas Cage losing his shit video for me now is that like out of context the first watched much is like, ha, Nicolas Cage, what a what what a goof. What a what a, what a, a, silly, what a, goose. a silly goose. silly <laughs> goose. What a character they describe him as at the social gatherings. But now I can watch that video and be like, I know where all these clips are from. Um, which is absolutely useless trivia. I will take to my grave um but I actually, the... I
0: actually watched that video sorry i actually watched a video just before this began just take the answers to get me in the mood for cage and yeah like <laughs> like most of it is from vampires kiss so i'm like great and they're all they're all the bits i'm like waiting for like when when i was watching my like french housemate um sarah she, i was like w- when the abc's was coming up or when he was going to do the, the meme face i'd like do that thing where you like turn to look at her to see her reaction <laughs> and then she did the um dicaprio thing of like pointing at the screen just like yes that's that bit and i was like yeah it is it's great so fun to watch with the other people i think
1: i know that's that's kind of like the uh the fear and joy for me as a cage fan this far down the rabbit hole is watching a cage film with anyone else i'm 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 always one eye on the screen the other side eyeing is like do you enjoy this but not ironically please he is a good actor he's won awards please
0: has he won awards
1: uh, he won the um, the Academy Award Best Actor for Leaving Las Vegas.
0: Oh, Okay, well that yeah that would kind of make sense. I was um I think the um yeah again one of my favorite performances of his is um is Pig, and just to see like subtle Cage was like it was outstanding. I I love that movie. It was great. It was it was right up my street.
1: I mean, you may have said he was also nominated for adaptation back in two thousand and two, um, the old Charlie Kaufman classic, which is a you get double cage cage playing twins in that so oh yeah no no, i've not you know i've
0: not seen that um but it's one of those movies where because like i don't think anyone can beat Lindsay lohan in terms of playing uh a twin of their own twin um but everyone's saying no 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 cage and adapt that's the one that i need to look for so that's that's next up if he can beat Lindsay lohan then um he can have my academy award and my heart (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> watch out for the rob jones podcast twinsies coming soon
0: oh there's there's so there's so many of them right They're, they did um the not uh the fargo fargo didn't um ewan mcgregor played himself as a twin as well and yes. they always just do they always just do like one's a bit fatter and has a beard <laughs> That's normally <what> they do.
1: <laughs> yeah one there's one twin who's always career driven the other one who's a bit looser uh, you know how twins be,
0: <laughs> yeah. Your loose cage, yeah, yeah. I know that
1: adaptation a genuinely fantastic film. I think that'll uh, be right up your alley as a little film buff that you are. I'll watch um, that next. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's a fascinating transition with this character because at the start of the film as well, um, it's very odd because he's got that sort of long sort of thin lank hair but he's wearing these like these smart suits and he is he is a shagger he he brings like a um a lovely lady back to his apartment like he and even with that voice he's like (laughs) um and he's he's like uh hashtag scoring all those hashtag babes um, he is,
0: he's he's a top whacker, I believe is the uh, <laughs> the appropriate term for what he is. Um, because yeah, he's because he's he's in his therapist. He's in his therapist chair. He's basically just bragging to his therapist. Just go, yeah. oh god, oh god, I just I brought another girl back last night, and I loved her for a second. And I just wanted her gone, and I'm just like, okay, well, this this guy's an asshole. Uh, that was the the initial kind of concept, but also. I'm I'm just not throughout this whole movie. I'm not convinced about this therapist. <laughs> she,
1: <laughs> she, is,
0: she is not very good, like at all.
1: I get the feeling that you really want to talk about this therapist.
0: I I do. I'll, 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 we'll get we'll get to it again later. But she's just like I, I like. She just there's especially during like the filing scene uh, and this. But like she's just she's yeah she's not very good. And we'll, and we'll 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 break down as for why as as he breaks down, which is what the therapist is meant to be stopping.
1: So at the start of the film as well, you know, we're talking about him being this this character of a man, but obviously very notably at the start of the film, he's um, accosted by that bat, which is an incredibly chaotic scene. We get the bat camera flying in all around the shop. They they just run outside and they're just like laughing. There's the child peeping on the top of the stairs and they're
0: like ah. Um, yeah, the things that that child must have seen over like like Cage uh, living in that in that apartment. Um, but then also yeah, that that kid sees the lovely lady go in uh, and then you kind of don't see him ever again. And I thought that the kid would be maybe a big part of it, maybe because I, I heard that a lot was some cut from this film. So maybe maybe that that young boy being. <laughs> consumed by Nicolas Cage was cut from the film I like to think that anyway
1: <laughs> I mean maybe because that you know that boy's that boy's wrecks that boy's traumatised for all intents and purposes but then he's you know we're going back to the therapist here he's like the strangest thing happened last night I had this bad flu in my room and I was sexually aroused
0: and, and, you, and that, that, that's like I said the bat the bat itself was I think that was the moment that lost me <laughs> So like so I was like okay Cage is like uh he's he's in therapy he's going out he's partying he's picking up a, a very very beautiful babe she was smoking hot um and so I was like yeah this is great there was a, a lovely naughty little sort of uh, not sex scene but he was uh, he was trying to take off his clothes and there's also a great shot which just stuck with me where he takes his shoe off but the, the shoe is like directly next to his Head, so he does some sort of yoga pose where he pulls his foot up to his face and then pulls his own shoe off. And I was like, just impressed by that. He does it with his other foot as well. Um, but then, obviously, yeah, the the flying haggis comes in. The uh, maybe the, the worst the worst special effects I have ever, ever seen in my life. this <laughs> it's, it's slow wings coming down as this potato just like flies towards Nicolas Cage and his hot babe. I was just like, what's, what, what's happened? I was like, I was like in for like five to ten minutes. I was there, and then I was like, no, but back cam POV of the bat. Flying towards him. It was just, it was just hilarious. It was absolutely ridiculous.
1: Oh, that's uh the joy of um independent non-union films.
0: Yeah, but um but it was only it was only in there for a few minutes and I'm sure no one's talking about it, so <laughs> I'm sure no one sure no one noticed. But yeah, the um the yeah, the, the, the bat the bat boner, as I think it's coined, um it's just—it's like you—you—you. You, you, I think he had—he had to say in therapy that he was aroused by the bat because the only indication we have of that is when he's like knocked the bat into the window. He kind of walks away, turns around, <laughs> lo- looks at it sexually, and like flicks his hair and then just disappears out the room. And then I was like, okay, well the bat's lost me, and now I don't know what the hell Nicholas Cage is doing.
1: <laughs> it's um, uh, yeah, I suppose. I- looking, looking back at it now, it's just kind of like insane why how he's definitely into that uh Anna. <laughs> Like is it? Is there other animals that he may have been into as well? Like we just, we just don't know for sure.
0: <laughs> there, there are better looking animals, Nick. Like why, 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 uh, why, why the bat? It was, and it was the ugliest. Like, I reckon there are probably some good looking bats out there. Maybe like a good, a good CGI bat. Maybe, maybe, maybe a sort of a Morbius type I could get on with. But um, the, 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 the hairy hag, the potato that flies into that room, shouldn't arouse anyone. Um, and yeah, he should be locked up. <laughs>
1: So give us Nicholas Cage in Morbius. I think that's what <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're asking for. It's like, who are you, Doctor Nicholas Morbius? Nice to meet. You. Isn't
0: is this next? Isn't he playing a vampire in the next film? Uh,
1: he will be playing Dracula
0: oh, well, there, there we go. Well, this is this is this this has been very good practice for that. Let, <laughs> let's let's hope he watches back Vampire's Kiss and goes, I'll just do the opposite of that, <laughs> and then it'll <laughs> really work out fine.
1: This is the uh, the natural progression of Cage. So all bats aside, obviously sexier animals that he could be flipping his little hair for. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that as well, a, something else I read, and I think this is what we're going into early about Nicola's Cage being in his early 20s, he might have saw this as well, to help him get in the zone for these sexual scenes. Uh, apparently, he liked to have hot yoghurt poured on his toes.
0: No, no. You know, no, I don't believe that. I don't, <laughs> I don't believe that he did like that. Hot yoghurt? Why not just... Like, hot yoghurt seems odd, because um, wouldn't it, like, curdle? Wouldn't, that, wouldn't the yoghurt go bad?
1: Um, I just imagine the conversation was, we've got to get a frub in the microwave.
0: <laughs> go, 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 go. i go, honey. I'd go. I'd go. Honey on, honey on my toes seems arousing. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna write that down. Honey on <laughs> toes, and I'll be dealing. I'll, I'll review later. Um, but yeah, who is also who's, who's pouring it? Like the fluffer. I don't know. I <laughs> don't know who's doing that.
1: I imagine some poor runner who was just trying to get some non-union experience was just uh, coating his little beans in a in a hut in hot straw.
0: Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to work in a stickless Cage film. <laughs> Right, so your first job is to pour hot yogurt over his toes. It, it can't be too hot. It can't be too cold. It has to be arousal, right?
1: <laughs> have to dip your elbow in it like a baby's bath.
0: Oh, I mean, what would you? What would um, get you in the in the mood for uh, a, a sex scene in the movie, Mister Darren
1: <laughs> The socks stay on. <laughs> <laughs> just just time. being
0: there just being part of it would be nice <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'd just like to be part of the sex <laughs> yeah. that's, that's enough for me um, well again this is IMDB but this was according to associate producer and casting director uh, Marcia Shulman in order to get turned on Cage asked to have hot yoghurt poured on his toes while he was doing a love scene with Jennifer Beals
0: while he was doing the love like, at the same time So if it, so actually you know what we have to look back because if his feet are out of shot, <laughs> they're 100 going to go with yeah. There was a, a runner pouring hot yogurt on his toes.
1: <laughs> you know, like how everyone watches Lord of the Rings and like, oh, uh, you know, he he actually he broke his toe when he kicked that helmet. He'd be like, this is like he's fed hot yogurt on his foot, <laughs> third degree
0: burns <laughs> for that shot.
1: <laughs> and um, I, I feel compelled, like by the power of Christ, to mention it every single time. Um, I don't know that he's had hot yogurt poured on his little toesies before or since. Um, there's no, there's no concrete information to back that up. Um,
0: no, let's 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 go with that's that's gospel. That's that's it. That's 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 what happened. Move on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but Cage doesn't really talk about vampires kiss a lot these days. So, but because
0: he said it was his what like his fate, his, the, his the, the, the most fun he's ever had making a film. So I feel like he should be talking about it all the time.
1: <laughs> well, there was a, a Ringer article that's uh, a really good Ringer article that someone put up about the making of the uh, movie and they spoke with the writer and stuff. Cage did decline interview. So that's I feel crazy. he. I feel he's been running from the hot yog situation for about 30 years.
0: Yeah, after 30 years, um, Nicholas will be answering questions, but nobody can bring up the yoghurt. Okay, is that fine? Okay, brilliant.
1: (laughs) Dairy produce is fine. Yoghurt is off the table.
0: It's off the menu. (laughs)
1: Uh, Mr. Cage, if you had something that was in between the consistency of, say, milk and a uh, butter, would you put that on your, say, uh, toes? Interview's (laughs) over. (laughs) Get that man out of here. He's, he's insane. <laughs> Dipping his feet in a hot yog bath.
0: Oh, sake! No, I need to try it. I, 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 yoghurt, I guess I've had a sauce that's had a yoghurt consistency. It's on oh, my body, just seems odd. But um, but yeah, that's that's good, that's good yog chat.
1: <laughs>
0: or oh, ud- udder honey, as you might describe it.
1: <laughs> oh, that's good yog chat. I need to make like a pre-roll advertisement for the yog cast. <laughs> <God's> <laughs> <laughs> coming soon um but obviously that aside um oh yeah i, I, I realized i wrote down the exact quote he said to his therapist about the bat it's like yeah. i'll be damned if i didn't get really turned on um he'll see, be I damned
0: up. i was keyed up i think is another one that he says uh, keyed up in the, in the loins because she she makes the, the 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 most professional point i think she makes going well you were just having sex with a lady. Do you think that arousal could have been because of the lady? And he's like, no, no, I lost my boner. I remember that. I wrestled the bat and then I got another boner.
1: <laughs> it's like, I pay you to listen to me. <laughs>
0: don't tell me about my peanuts.
1: <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how many bat freaks you get in this room, all right? But let me tell you a little something about bats. If he could have poured yogurt on that bat, oh boy. <laughs>
0: It'd be. <laughs> it would have been like a sort of like uh like a fluffy little flesh torch.
1: He'd <laughs> <laughs> be climbing the walls, baby.
0: But doesn't um he also like in that therapist bit, like I think he's kind of I think I remember her like, interrupting his like daydreaming, going like Peter Peter Peter, and then he's like what? And he's oh, I want to go now. And then as an afterthought he goes, Oh by the way, a bat gave me an erection. Like an like that's not an afterthought. That should have been the first thing <laughs> that you spoke about in that room. <laughs>
1: You know, like he's done it when you when you leave a room and you think of like, oh, this is what I should have said. He said the thing.
0: <laughs> We've only got two minutes left, but yeah, I did get a bat boner. Anyway, I've got to go. <laughs> it's
1: like you just you can leave us until next week's session with the uh, the bat thread hanging there. I want to I want to tug that thread. Um, but um.
0: Isn't wait? I'm like, I don't want to go full um, South Park on this, but isn't that exactly how COVID started? <laughs>
1: <laughs> if there was the, the yogurt to bat ratio was off, therefore yeah. COVID.
0: Yeah, exactly. It wasn't hot enough.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if it would all, well, they were convincing people to drink bleach at some point, so I don't think uh, hot yog on the toes would have been too far removed in like May 2020. <laughs> Uh and we all would have tried it in the comfort of our own homes.
0: <laughs> and I will this evening.
1: <laughs> well, I suppose in you know, in terms of people that he he uh just shits on, you know, also Alva as well. Um Oh
0: my god. I've like I've so much love and I feel so bad for Alva. She literally has the worst of the of the the entire ordeal.
1: It's um Alva's just his assistant he's a literary agent and he's been tasked with a client by finding this um, this old contract, I think it's the, the De Spiegel contract or something. That, yeah, like that.
0: that's he says Despiegel like loads. <laughs> like, I'm, like I feel like we're meant to know what that means. And it's uh, <laughs> Frank Heatherton is the person that um, needs to file, Heatherton. right? Yeah, um, and he's like, look in the Despiegel, ten Despiegel, Despiegel. I'm like, what? he? Why is he German now? I don't understand. <laughs> Heatherton is not a German surname. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I
1: think I think Peter Lowe is thoroughly Transylvanian. <laughs> yeah. um, that's that's the only way this this kind of like weird american european hybrid of an accent um i think he said he based the accent on his father who was his his father was like a, a literary scholar and like a, a university in la or something
0: is that like cuz his that that accent let's, let's talk about the accent for a second um it's so so my again well people I was watching it with people are always watching it with um Said it kind of sounded like Ross Geller at some points, so Ross from Friends at some points, and then also there were elements of like an impression of um, Donald Trump as well. And I and I feel like I feel like that accent is also prevalent in um, what was the um, the 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 witch film, not the witch film that he did. The um, the more recent one. Um, oh God, I can't remember the. You, you'll know. I'll describe it really poorly and see if you can figure out what film it is. Um, so is there's his daughter is like a witch sort of, and there's a well in the film and everyone's going crazy.
1: Color Out of Space.
0: Color Out of Space. He does a very similar voice in that as well when he goes a bit crazy because he, he's pretending to be his father with this, with this accent.
1: Well, in Color Out of Space, the director did specifically request he do the vampire's kiss voice, which Cage really? happ- happily obliged. Um, That's crazy. Yeah,
0: that, 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 I was like, that sounds exactly like colour out space, but it's just—it's really—it's really distracting. It's, it's just like it's so—it's so—it's like no one I've ever heard before, other than I guess it's Lost from Friends and Donald Trump. But um, it's, it's, it's—it was an odd choice. That would have been the moment as a director, I'd be like, hmm, yeah, maybe maybe we've made a bad idea Yeah, maybe we maybe we've miscast this. Maybe we should have got Stallone in. <laughs> so
1: we've got two weeks to film this. We don't have time to re- to refilm. Like this is what I mean though. Like the voice, just because it's so absurd and just not of this world, it just kind of gives him a pass from an audience perspective because it's just so like ridiculous what the voice is because it's undefinable. You can't yeah. you can't place the voice anywhere. Um, and again, I bring it up again. It's kind of in the Tom the undefinable. It's somewhat where in Europe Tommy Wiseau voice. Like no one knows where he's yeah. from or what his story is. Um, but he's Cage has done similar voices as well. He did a very similar voice in an earlier film called Peggy Sue Got Married. Um, he did a voice where he he was the voice of a star-nosed mole in the Disney animation uh, G-Force. Oh, wow. That's
0: some deep dive knowledge right there about Nicolas Cage. I guess you've um, seen all the films, so actually it's not impressive. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not impressive anymore. Not
1: impressive <laughs> no one cares anymore. They're sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that Nicholas Cage starred in? Shut up! Yes, Daryl. <laughs> yes, that we, we get that this is basically your personality know, You're the cage guy, shut up. Um so this voice is very much a part of his repertoire. And we sort of bring up him starring as Dracula the next year. Um his tease the voice is gonna be taking elements of sort of this as well so we might get a return to form in dracula and i'm there's, here for it
0: there's no that like like, like, like like there's gonna be no subtle notes to it he's either gonna do the accent or he's not there's like there's, <laughs> no, there's no there's no way of just like easing that in occasionally it's just like yeah he's gonna go full vampires kiss and you know what it makes it it'll do a fan service it'll
1: yes do a fan service. Well, I mean, it, we we expected that from the invariable weight of massive talent, and they didn't bring up Vampire's Kiss once. The cowards, and I spoke to the director, so oh, yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> God, that is yeah, that's um, I I, I really enjoyed uh, not the right film, but I very very much enjoyed that film as well. I think Cage Cage back on form, I think,
1: because again, lots ca- of
0: straight to DVD Cage was a bit cagey, but like it, it's it's he's back.
1: <laughs> he's very much in a John Wick sense of. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Um, I mean, I mean l- listen, I've been through the 2010s of Cage, and I've yeah. seen, I've seen it all.
0: I can tell that the the the, the darkness under your eyes, the darkness behind <laughs> your eyes, <laughs> just just the void inside you. And now we're slowly filling it again with good Cage.
1: <laughs> there used to be love inside those eyes, and nowadays it's the devil's his eyes. <laughs> it's returned return to form now from Mandy, sort of mostly from Mandy onwards. He's been on return to form. We've got two Westerns coming up, two Cage Westerns coming up. Two Westerns? Mm. He's, not, he's not touched a Western before. This is new territory Never. for Cage. He's, he's done a sort of neo-noir Western in Red Rock West from 93. A very slept-on, very good Cage film. Um, no art on Blu-ray. Hashtag not an ad. Um, <laughs> but... He, he said in interviews he wants to do a musical as well. It's like I haven't done a musical. I'd love to do a musical. So.
0: He, can he sing? Is that a thing? That he...
1: Well, he has sung. He's he has been sort of infamously recorded singing like Purple Rain at karaoke moments after his divorce. <laughs> <laughs> now,
0: that, now that's a Cage film I'd like to see. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, Purple Rain, but just swap it out with Cage. Don't even don't you don't even need to refilm it. You can just they have a technology now just to put Cage into Purple Rain. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We've got the technology to put Aber on stage every day for two for two showings uh, in London. We've got the technology to CG Cage.
0: Trying to say that my my dad is in London at the moment and he went and saw that last night. So there's a little shout out to the old man to old Wally Jones.
1: <laughs> shout out to Mister Wally Jones right here. <laughs> On the Nicolas Cage part, because I hope he had a lovely time.
0: Sure, I'm sure he did. I'll, I'll find. I'll find out after this. Um, but anyway, this isn't about my dad. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is about poor Alva.
1: <laughs> this isn't about the therapy we're trying to avoid in this conversation. <laughs>
0: yeah, our daddy issues shouldn't come up right now. Um, but no, we think about we talk about poor little Alva because, um, yeah, I I I genuinely feel I genuinely feel for Alva, and um, it just gets worse and worse for a fact the entire movie.
1: It's, I sort of discussed this on another podcast when we talked about vampires kisses, when you kind of think about a lot of it, especially for Alva's narrative, it's quite thin in the fact that she's tasked with finding a piece of paper. That is kind of what she's told to do. Um, And it just gets progressively worse. Although she is definitely told to search like the der Spiegelman uh, files and she doesn't search them.
0: No, yeah, I was thinking that because when, yeah, because the, the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, poor that, And then I was like, well, actually, her, fir- her first task, he goes, I've I've done the um, Rattlesnake Hill file, I've done the Frank Heatherton file, I need you to do Der Spiegel. And she comes back like the later in the day going, I, well, I looked at the Rattlesnake Hill file, I looked at-. and then I'm like, Well, you did the job wrong. So <laughs> so so Cage so, so um yeah, Peter Lowe is allowed to be a Little bit angry with her, um, but then that truly escalates into uh physical abuse. <laughs> it's
1: like you know, I think you get you know, we've all been in the job where we've misheard a boss, we've done something wrong, the boss has been annoyed. And I, I'll, I think, I'll speak on behalf of you, Rob. We're not saying we're in the camp of Team Pete Lowe did nothing wrong, he oh, did, <laughs> oh, he did yeah, that. he
0: did terrible, terrible things, terrible, horrible things,
1: <laughs> but it, it's just this escalation of he becomes. Like obsessed via the contract with Alva, and it's a lot of these you'll I think for most listeners they would have seen um the memed cage face. I think before memes were memes, it's just that like head tilty back, slit back hair, the wide bug eyes. Yeah, so which looking cage... down
0: his chin, just like eyes getting wider and wider and wider.
1: <laughs> and he's he said in interviews that his inspiration was literally all I just wanted to see how big I could make my eyes. <laughs>
0: Like all the, all the, all the quotes and the like comments he's made just make perfect sense it's just it's just like yeah I, I, I wanted to eat a bug uh I wanted to I want yogurt poured on my toes um yeah I, I want to make my eyes as big as I could I want it to be as weird as possible I want my arms to be as long as I can it's just like you know what yeah that makes sense that, that, that's the kind of direction that it looks like you've taken
1: <laughs> this is the film where it's like everything you said checks out and I don't question <laughs> a single part of it but he's just like he 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 pursues Alva through the hallways multiple times. He leaps up on a table. um, He's like, "Am I getting through to you, Alva?"
0: (laughs) With that, I mean that leap's mad impressive. That's a that's a a, a genuine like. That man is that he's he's at least healthy in the body. If not healthy in the mind, then he's got some pins on him. And the sort of like the traction he gets up on on top of that on that table is 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 fantastic.
1: One out of two ain't bad. One out of two ain't bad, (laughs) Um, but. like he's he's slowly sort of transforming into the vampire because he's, he's brought this... And the whole thing, and we'll get into this as well, is like, is or isn't she a vampire? Is or any of this actually happening? Because he's yeah. not a reliable narrator in any way, shape, or form. And he's kind of, like, allergic to sunlight, I think, and he's sitting in his dark room with his little sunglasses on. And we're going back to the voices like, Oh, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> and that goes on
0: for ages and ages, and then poor poor Alva's just ignoring him, and everyone in the office can hear him. And like everyone's like, "Oh, something bad's gonna happen any minute now." And no, no one, no one's there to protect Alva. <laughs> everyone's just waiting. And then, doesn't it? If I remember rightly, um, when he kind of like runs through the corridors into the bathroom, there's um, there's an old lady in there <laughs> who like who like see, sees that he's about to attack her, and then she's just like, "What's going on here?" And then she's like, I've got a gun, please don't hurt me. And she's like, mm, okay. And then just like leaves the bathroom. So <laughs> like, you need to save that poor girl.
1: There's a lot of things with the bathrooms in this place, this agency where no one cares. Like there's a part where he runs into the bathroom later on and he can't, he can't see his own reflection. The audience can still see it. Um, it's like, where am I? Where am I? Then his boss is like, what the fuck are you doing? Loan and tried to take a shit in here.
0: well that's like it's like that that's the breakdown of like this um the kind of vampire lore that's this is what this is what bothers me mostly about the entire thing is that he's convinced that he's um turning into a vampire and there are some then there are some elements which kind of makes it so like the fact that he cuts his neck and then he kind of gets confused as to oh that must be a bite mark um and also later on i'm I'm sure we'll speak about the gun um going off and like not killing him as well but like the a lot of the time, he's out in the day and he's fine, and then also like he can see himself in the mirror for like most of it, and then suddenly out of the blue, he's like, "Wait, now I can't see myself." I'm just like, "There's no, <laughs> there's no order to this. The the law is completely out the window." Like, um and then also like occasionally, um I like how he just breaks down when he sees a cross.
1: Is 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 the end when like he's walk, he's like staggering through the street, and he's he's kind of like like. Why is he like sounds of the damned us? So it's like tortures of the down <laughs> So I think in I'm sure in like the history of this character, he's definitely watched vampire movies and he's got this in the back of his mind. And he's been tipped over by stress. He sees the vision of that taxi driver at one point as well.
0: Oh, in the in he, the bedroom with his like large wife. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it's just like, okay, this is having a vision of a taxi driver, cool. It doesn't add anything, but <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> it's like whatever. Um but yeah, poor yeah. Obviously, like, Alva tries to get like the time off work because she's like, like, and her mother does, like doesn't give a shit. So I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure
0: we all hate our boss. Yeah, but he's, try- he's trying <laughs> to attack me. He's chasing me through the halls. He's screaming my name all day. I'll just go to work. God, you'll never get another job. It's like cheers, mum
1: because <laughs> she's like oh we all we all hate our bosses just put your clothes on and just deal with it and i think it's obviously you can see sort of the iconography in the background that's like it seems like a very religious household yeah i'm and, and just like who gives a fuck about vampires it's gotta make a dollar you know.
0: but i feel like if it's, yeah, then- if it's a religious household and she's like this um also sort of like a latinx mother i think if she said oh my my boss thinks he's a demon or a vampire then she'd be like well then you stay at home but but it's, but but it's not that. It's that like he's he's a horrible boss, and I'm like, just get out of the house. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It's the, it's the, the late 80s. It'll be fine.
1: <laughs> we all know white men are the devil. It's just the way. It, it's it's the 80s. Oh <laughs> <Boy, laughs> um, but then it's the, the, just the fan, the fascinating scene where he takes. He's got the sunglasses on, and he takes the cab to pick up Alva, and you think there might be a genuine moment. It's like, um. I heard you've come down with such a terrible cold. I I felt so bad about the way I treated you. It's like you know when I want to smooth this all over and take you back. And then they're in. The, she's like, oh, okay. Like I think we, we can turn a corner here. I'm willing to forgive and forget. And then they take the cab back, and he's like, it's a horrible job, Alva, and I wouldn't wish it on anyone. And that's why you've got to do it. He's like, oh, oh but Mr. Lowe, Mr. Lowe, that goddamn contract is one of those goddamn fucking files. Yeah, he's like, psych,
0: I'm actually still mental. You shouldn't you should be able to tell from, like, the soup that he bought. Like, I mean, there was a crazed man looking at my window with just a really pathetic limp packet of soup. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's what they call a red flag. <laughs> <I> mean, <they're-
1: laughs> See, red flags didn't exist back in the 80s, dear listeners.
0: <laughs> yeah, this film is Yeah, he yeah, Peter Lowe is literally a giant red flag.
1: <laughs> a giant red flag with a uh, hot yogurt on the uh, on the tip of the flag. Um he's, he's, he's just saying to like, oh like, don't worry about the contract. Um then she's like, oh, I'm really sorry. And then he's just going like, It never just goes away. And then what I love most about it, he goes on that rant saying that goddamn contract, and as soon as he's done that, he just goes, uh! and I'll say again, there is no one in cinema who retches like Cage,
0: because there's that that that's, um because the the retching it becomes again a character in itself, um, because is, is the is the taxi wretch um, before was it is it after the pigeon or is it after the
1: roach? um it is before pigeon right, i think okay. it is i think it is post roach just check him in definitely pre pigeon um
0: pre-pigeon post roach
1: i think that's um yes it's just post roach okay so, that, so that's that's as to
0: why he's retching which makes perfect sense and it's and i think that's probably the only wretch that wasn't uh, an acting wretch <laughs> because, like that. I mean, that's. I mean, I don't know if you want to if you, you want to get to that scene yet, but that in itself is uh, is is an iconic uh, cage performance.
1: <laughs> well, we're sort of talking about you know the the insane transition of Peter Lowe from weird whacker to um, <laughs> weird weird wacker <laughs> to a weird, from weird whacker to um, you know just just full on vampire freak. And as part of this transition, he sees a cockroach scuttling along his little oven hob, and the script originally called for him to like eat a raw egg. But they basically agreed that this isn't enough. Um, they needed amount that's going to shock the audience. So he scuttles and eats a live roach. The um, cage said um, that every fiber of his being, every muscle of his body, didn't want to do that scene, but he forced himself to do it because they knew that they'd have a moment here. But apparently following that, he was effectively hounded by animal rights activists over this roach. Um,
0: and in his own <laughs>
1: words, he well, to sort of paraphrase him, his defense of this was asking these activists, like, you tell me right now that you've never used bug spray in your own homes. All of you right now tell me that.
0: Yeah, I think when it comes to uh, to bugs, especially roaches, which, like... They they don't have any any. There's no roach rights in my opinion. Bugs bugs <laughs> bugs can go. Uh, if like if you, I'm sure like lots of mosquitoes at some point have been used in a movie so, and then they've been destroyed. Uh, bugs that like ants and cockroaches, but that's fine. That's fine. We don't need we don't need them. We certainly do not need cockroaches. But that but that doesn't mean that they should be that they should be consumed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're gonna save that for those bush Tucker trials.
0: That's it's horrible. That's like yeah, the fact that he said his entire body his mind <laughs> his soul told him not to swallow that cockroach, <laughs> and he did it is that's the that's the main worry it's like listen listen to yourself right listen listen to that mind listen to your body and, do, and don't eat that cockroach i'm sure they could have put together a little like a sweetie one that looked the same but also it's like how bad he wasn't catching it that was really distracting for me as well he gives his clasp his hand around that thing but he's just doing it with his little the tips of his fingers um and then yeah you think there's going to be a cutaway but no he he chews he chews that bad boy down with a lovely crunch.
1: <laughs> he swallows it right in the in the immortal words of RKG, My mind's telling me no, but my body, <laughs> my body is telling me crunch.
0: Yeah, no, it's also <laughs> telling me no.
1: <laughs> my mind and my body are telling me no, <laughs> but my director.
0: Yeah, but we'll do it three times anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> does
0: that mean does he, does that mean he ate it three times? So it took like three takes, I think, and which meant that he 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 consumed. The roach three times, or do you think he, he? Do you think he got to a point where he picked it up? He got it to his lips, and the roach is like, "Please, Mister Cage, please, Mister Cage, don't eat me!" And then he's got oh, and then the final one, he just crunches it down.
1: <laughs> I, I'm sure I read somewhere the director said something like, um, "They got that shot the first time, but they made him do it a second time."
0: <laughs> the the camera wasn't even rolling; it was just a little treat. <laughs> <laughs> the um, because I yeah, because I read because about his performance. Um, I remember reading something where he said he didn't want to go method. That's like not that's not Cage's thing. I, I mean, you would know. He's not like a, a method actor. Has he ever done that before?
1: He's done more realistic styles. I suppose you like Pig when he's a lot more stripped back and Joe in 2013. Yes, great. Like he can he can do naturalistic and grounded performances, but it's not I think it depends on the script if he feels he can bring something to it from his own. Wheelhouse of emotions and experiences. Yeah. Um, but other than that, he's he considers himself a student of the game. Even now, he um, wants to keep pushing himself. Always learning. And he's, he's always learning. And these days, his whole thing is he's, he's looking for new young directors. Uh,
0: See, that's good. I, res- I respect that very much. So, um, because yeah, because I, I, he's 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 also been Ghost Rider. Is that DC or Marvel? Marvel. That is Marvel. So, and I, I don't imagine he'd ever go to a big Marvel movie doing
1: it uh well there's, there's been persistent rumors of ghost rider making some form of comeback for years but um I oh, it's, fear... like, it's
0: like a cameo i feel like that would be like like a little after credit scene or just like a little bit would be all right but um I, I i think with the films i've seen him in more recently um i think the kind of and with actors of his kind of caliber and age i think their best route is kind of like indie films and just kind of again Enjoying it and giving a platform for like young, inspiring like directors. Some get get him into an A twenty four film, and we were laughing.
1: Little fact: he's got an A twenty four coming up.
0: I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. He's, <laughs> he's, he's on the right path. He doesn't. Need, he doesn't need um, much like um, Brendan Fraser or McConaughey. I don't think he needs necessary. Uh, a, rena- a, a, was it a a renaissance. What's his when they like can they come back uh, from like, not doing much uh, acting or many good films? Because uh, I think he's he's done so much great stuff, but I think it's time for him just to have a tiny little bit more respect for himself. <laughs> just just stop stop doing the little the the, the silly budget horror films like that. Mum and Dad was absolutely awful. I don't know if that, <laughs> you obviously saw that one, but his performance in that is is again otherworldly. <laughs>
1: Listen, he screamed the word anal beads. Free (laughs) pass. (laughs) Free pass. Free pass. (laughs) Well, yeah, A24 dream scenario. uh, It's being filmed now. He stars as, and from the Wikipedia, and I quote, a schlubby professor who never made it becomes an overnight celebrity after appearing in everyone's dream.
0: Schlubby. What
1: does that mean? What does
0: schlubby mean?
1: I don't know, but now I need to find out the definition of schlubby.
0: <laughs> a schlubby cage. because um, yeah, because to go because I remember a reading that he said he he didn't go method specifically for this movie. He wanted like a new kind of like performance, but eating a live cockroach is particularly method. So he, that's already out the window. It's like, a, a method actor like a Dustin Hoffman would have eaten a cockroach, got his tooth pulled out, whatever. But um, yeah, I just, that 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 seems. It seemed it didn't need to happen, however, it's a massive talking point and probably a big sell of this movie. I think in the, the a lot of the reviews I was reading on IMDb, it's like it's the film where he eats the cockroach, and everyone's like, Oh, yeah, I watched that because we're, we're all sick, Daryl. We're all sick,
1: we're all twisted on the internet. <laughs> yeah. if you if you were born in the 90s, you're a twisted piece of work. Um, schlub also, uh, derogatory, informal noun for a talentless, unattractive, or boorish person. Um, and the, uh, example, the poor dumb schlub just didn't get it.
0: Oh, well, I mean, that's, again, that's the opposite of, of cage. So if he, if he can pull that off, then he truly is a star.
1: (laughs) The opposite of schlub. (laughs) (laughs) We don't waste time on schlubs on this podcast. The
0: the golden hog is the opposite (laughs) of schlub.
1: (laughs) The bronze schlub and the golden (laughs) hog. Whatever the, uh, whatever the, uh, the, the worst metal is. The um, the, the aluminum I, schlub. Oh, al- aluminum, al-
0: aluminium, please.
1: Alum, al- aluminium.
0: Aluminium. Uh, what is the worst? There's a podcast. What is the worst metal? Look
1: <laughs> <laughs> at all these ideas. Twins, yogurts, the copper schlub.
0: Yeah, yeah I think copper's not impressive. It's, there are pipes. Oh, no, don't people um, steal copper piping to sell? So maybe that is a good, that is a good metal. We'll go with aluminium, because uh, like, cans are made out of that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Moving on.
1: In the intro, it's like, on this podcast, we find out the worst metal. <laughs> Where to put yoghurt on your body?
0: Oh, on, on that note, I've got, I've, got, I've got a quick bit. Um, what, what's the name of the director again?
1: The name of the director? Yeah. Uh, Robert Beerman.
0: Beerman, Don't mind if I do, man.
1: No. Ayo! Ayo! He's opened a little
0: can. <laughs> this is the kind of comedy that stopped me from being on this, uh, this show a long time ago. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'd have reached out if I felt like it years ago. <laughs> <of her.
0: laughs> no, yeah, I thought I'd have a little beer. Now we're at a good, a good point.
1: At a good, at a good beer point, mm-hmm. he says, taking another swig of his water.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this okay. I've got, um, just for an advert for you, Jubel, beer out with Peach.
1: Not Look at that, Jubel, it, but, uh, Jubel! If you're listening,
0: yeah, sponsor this podcast. <laughs> have you got any sponsors?
1: <laughs> it's just my mom.
0: <laughs> Maybe you can reach out to Sky Yogurt. I don't know. You can do something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I will smear myself in yogurt every episode if I get some. Manscaped did reach out once, but I was like, I, I don't, I don't have, have any pubic <laughs> <don't really> hair. <laughs> I don't shave my nards. Yeah,
0: I have I no hair from one of the neck down, so it's completely
1: useless. <laughs> like to this to this day, like you, there, there is no chest. I'm 31 years old. There's no chest hair that here, um, and I've not shaved my bags in some time. Well, oh, that's good to know. That's hashtag. Um, eb- well, I, I, eb- I, I,
0: I like to imagine that your bag looked like the bat in Vampire's kit <laughs>
1: <laughs> If it flew around and started going like. A, a, qu- <laughs> a quick point going back to the bat. this is from the director's commentary as well. um apparently for quite some time, the director had to talk Nicolas Cage out of getting a real life bat because there was a good chance he'd be bitten and killed.
0: Oh, see that's badass that's like that's the kind of Nicolas cage that that, that i that I'm on board with that kind of chaos um but, no, but surely surely you can get like a stunt bat or like a um they, there must be film bats that don't bite people or they've just like removed their fangs. Well, then that's is is removing a bat's fangs worse than eating a live cockroach?
1: Well, let you listeners decide in the <laughs> first episode poll. <laughs> <Call> in now. <laughs> what would you rather dip in yogurt: a fangless bat or a roach? <laughs> vote, vote now. Um, but yeah, it's fair to say, Alva, as we uh, yeah, we, so, keep that's back what to- we were talking about. <laughs> 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 if she just dipped herself in yogurt, yeah. um. Didn't have a good. And it obviously, it, it culminates quite shockingly in like he sexually assaults her, he rapes her, um, in that's what sort of the, the basement of the office building.
0: Yeah, that kind of that kind of grounds you as a, an audience member and the like, entire movie because it's so it's so split up with like him being abusive to this woman. Um, and then him just being a bit silly and uh, pretending he's a vampire, and then yeah, it culminates in that kind of like, oh, it's, it's when he's in the bathroom the first time, and then she then she just says like, "Don't rape me, like don't touch me," and then you're just like, "Oh, oh, this woman is, is is genuinely afraid of this man, and he is dangerous."
1: Yeah, she's terrified of him, and then there's the chase downstairs, and uh, he's he's sort of begging her to shoot him, but she's just got, I think she went to her brother's garage and she's got like a gun that just fires. There's no bullets in it. Or if there was, she wasted it on the floor. as a no, warning no, it's, it's,
0: it's, that's, I think that's a, a, nice, a nice part of the movie that I enjoy. Not a nice part of the movie. <laughs> this, this is a bad part of the movie. But one part of the movie where I was like, oh, this is, this is a good little film, is when she goes to her brother and, and we find out that there's no bullets in this, this gun she keeps talking about. And then he's like, well, it's, it's just to scare people. Um, we haven't got any bullets, but we have blanks. And then us as an audience are like, oh, we know something that that like Nicolas Cage doesn't the Peter Lowe doesn't it's that there's no actual bullets in this gun so as a little film boy I'm like that's going to come up later and it's going to be very interesting <laughs>
1: <laughs> and oh boy was it
0: yeah that's that whole scene of him just like because yeah she's shooting at the floor because i guess she knows if she shoots him <laughs> he's not going to go down He's <laughs> make a loud noise um, and, but, but then he's able to just like smack her in the face and then, yeah and then it was then it was just, like the rip open of her blouse and then i'm like like from from the laughter of his performance it, the, the whole room is just then silent because they're like oh something very serious is about to happen
1: it's like this is genuinely escalated into something very, very not good. Yeah, no, absolutely um, not. And then it's 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 kind of like weird in the build up to because he's kind of like jumping around, going like "kill me, shoot me," yeah. and he's pu- puppeteering himself around this weird lanky dance. Mm-hmm. And then he does does the bad, and then it's then immediately marred by him not crying but screaming the word "boo hoo."
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, he's, he screams. It's like when you go, achoo. He's <laughs> he boo-hoo. And then he pops this said gun in the mouth. Now, this this again, I know we we, we gather as an audience what's going to happen here. He's going to blow his head off, but it's not going to work, and he's going to think he's a vampire and invincible. But I know for a fact, um, Daryl Edge, that if you put a gun with blanks in your mouth <laughs> and you set it off twice, you're probably going to die. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, the, it's just like, <laughs> woo hoo <laughs> Yeah.
0: He's like, he's like, dribbles a little bit. And he's like, oh my god, I'm a vampire.
1: (laughs) It's the uh, transformation complete. And then he's running through the streets screaming, I'm a vampire, I'm a vampire, I'm a vampire. That's, and then like so,
0: th- that's so, that's so, again, that's just an icon, like the most iconic bit. It's just him just screaming that, with his arms like flailing like an ape in the air. Just, I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! And you think, it's one of those things where you think he's going to say it, well, he says it a couple of times, but he just it just keeps going. He just ne- never stops saying I'm <laughs> a vampire. And you're like, oh, this is very strange.
1: New York, baby! And then the next one, uh, the next scene is where he uh, extends this transformation even further. He goes to the uh, this store to buy his vamp teeth. Yeah. He gets his little plastic jumpers.
0: Well that's that with um yeah there's like the the uh, the kind of stereotypical kind of horror film Asian shopkeeper who's just like we have these we have these fangs, they're like they're really realistic. They're amazing. They're made of like silicon and you look at them and you're like they don't look like real teeth at all. <laughs> do, do not spend like twenty dollars on those things because they they genuinely look horrible. Um and then obviously he he opts for the comically little plastic Halloween teeth for $3.
1: (laughs) And it's just, because this whole new, you know, we're following on from this like assault of Alva and now this whole new bullshit happens in like, you kind of like, I've kind of forgotten about what happened to Alva because this new thing is assaulting me in the face. And he's on the, he's in the little phone booth to his therapist. He's going, do you have any therapy appointments? He's got the teeth in. He's like, I can do next week, Peter. Do you have anything sooner? um and then at the same obviously this goes back to your i don't know if this ties into your hatred therapist but she's yeah. just like quite dismissive of him and at the same time she's about to get railed by an absolute hunk
0: yeah that comes out that comes out of nowhere like so yeah so it's like i, I imagine it's maybe like midnight let's say it's like when like, well actually that shot was open so let's say it's like 10 o'clock and then he, he calls her with these vampire teeth in going like i need an appointment she's like well how about wednesday and he's like sooner said, how about tuesday evening soon and he like keeps going at that and then you're like as a therapist you should kind of realize that your patient is currently having a breakdown and she's like oh, god i'm kind of busy right now with this random hot guy that <laughs> just, that just appears behind her because it's just like well yeah 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 nicholas cage he's a top whacker but the therapist <laughs> also gets her underwear occasionally there's
1: a lot of whackers in this film like it's a, a very,
0: it's a very horny film be it for be it for animal be it for dairy product or or or, or be it for a naked lady in a club
1: there's nothing you can't dip in this movie uh and then he's he's he chases that pigeon as well which in the director's commentary uh nicholas cage gets it revealed to him that they had to drug the pigeon so that cage could capture it and he was like um oh, I thought I just smashed it and caught a pigeon. I thought I did really well. I was like, no, we drugged that pigeon.
0: That's Okay, actually, there's quite a lot of animal abuse in in this movie that they had to uh, the drug. Do you think you could catch a pigeon? Cue Dick Dastardly and Mutley. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't do an impression. I can't remember
1: what that like. Catch the pigeon. I've not watched Catch the Pigeon. Yeah, no, I remember the but then, I yeah, haven't seen... He- Okay. dick dastardly in a while uh but if there's going to be a live action remake cage is my number one play dick dastardly <laughs> have michael sarah play muttley the dog <laughs>
0: yeah that's good squeaky little Mutley. no I, that, I mean i imagine that'll come back soon but no Cash and pigeon was iconic but yeah no cage oh we'll see i feel bad now because i thought i was genuinely impressed with the fact that i i thought that they would have done like 40 takes so <laughs> <where they just, laughs> like, we're just having him run around the town trying to like pick up pigeons but um and then he just pops in his jacket <laughs> It's really funny. He just pops in his jacket and then like wiggles away.
1: <laughs> he slinks away with it, and I think he has a. He just he, he slightly plucks and eats raw pigeon later oh, yeah, his on. His whole
0: apartment is just covered in um, blood and like pigeon feather. And then he, the way he's like leaning on the fridge is just really funny. <laughs> he's just like he's like nonchalantly just like leaning on the fridge with his like, vampire teeth in and just like pigeon carcass kind of everywhere.
1: Just pigeon viscera all over the shop, um, and no one's. He's just decided, like, well, I'm a vampire. I've got to, I've got to live off the land now. If I can't get some, some, uh, some sweet uh, human blood, I'm just going to eat me some rogue New York pigeon. Which you imagine with the pigeon is up there with the worst pigeon.
0: Because oh yeah, any any city pigeon's is bad pigeon. On occasion, as uh, as a boy from Devon, I know I'm going home for Christmas, and my mum will will uh, will have pigeon as a starter. It'll be uh, <laughs> it'll be wood pigeon because uh, they they just eat like berries and. And, and and mice, I think, which make them delicious, <laughs> opposed to the astro- like kind of like town pigeons that eat whatever the leftovers of whatever we eat, and like bits of plastic and other birds.
1: <laughs> I saw a seagull eat a blackbird once, and that's always stuck with yeah, me. Yeah,
0: kind of cannibalism,
1: disgusting. Those. Uh, cannibalism. those- Port Town seagulls are a different breed.
0: They're like large. I used to live in Brighton. And um, yeah, those things. I remember once I had, uh, I think it was a day before payday and I had like three odd pounds to my name and got myself a prep baguette. And the way to eat a prep baguette, Daryl, is um, you eat either end and then you save (laughs) the middle, the most nourishing, delicious part. And after chewing each end, I went in for the big bite of the middle part and then, yeah, pigeon came down, took it. And there were so many people watching and just laughing that I had to then kind of awkwardly kind of laugh myself, but didn't want to get up and go straight away. So just kind of sat there quietly for a few minutes before I, <laughs> before I then just walked in defeated.
1: I'll get you pigeon. <laughs> Our business is not done. No. Oh, but then I, I, you know, I suppose, uh, continuing business, this, is, this is kind of the weird thing when he goes like full, um, like, Almost facially full horror and very Nurse Ferrati, he he sort of stalks into that nightclub. His like hands are by his chest, straight oh, yeah. back, and he's going down the stairs,
0: doing the, doing the, the kind of creep thing. Because um, just to go to go full uh, horror nerd and uh, speak for vampire here um there's there's issues with so obviously um he he has to buy the first thing is that he has to buy the teeth right like we were talking about so like if you think you're turning into a vampire i think the the one thing that we associate with vampires is having fangs so if he isn't growing them himself and he has to buy plastic ones are you sure you're a vampire um if you're being if you're consuming pigeon and uh, and cockroach and being ill are you sure you're a vampire? Because I think the ar- the argument here is, if you've seen the original Nosferatu and Dracula movies, Renfield is uh, the one character who gets, I think, he gets bitten maybe once by a vampire to kind of turn him into a vampire slave, and then all he wants throughout is to be turned into a vampire, and he eats bugs and he he doesn't isn't affected by the sun and things like that. So I have this this feeling that actually um Peter Lowe is more of a Renfield than he is a Nosferatu because obviously is it Jackie is the vampire called Jackie is that the name of the um uh of the of the character cuz um yeah she's basically his his Dracula she is his Nosferatu so he's kind of more of a, 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 a like disillusioned uh, Renfield to uh to, to break it down into proper vampire terms
1: boring oh, come
0: on <laughs> That's the, the one bit of knowledge i have
1: <laughs> rob slowly melts away um, i think that makes a lot of sense though because throughout the film with his is she or isn't she real vampire mistress he's very much just a very submissive sex slave to her which is fair um, because she
0: is smoking her eye happily like no, no i would i would pretend to be i would i would eat a cockroach for that woman <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'd dip a roach in hot yog for that later. Yeah,
0: that's a hundred percent. Um but then yeah, because he said he takes um again, that whole scene in the club that we were just talking about, um, he takes literally from Nosferatu, isn't it like near enough shot for shot?
1: I think so. Like the, the it it's almost exact the way he sort of walks down the stairs. And I saw like like black and white still images of this like film when I was looking at it online as well. And if if Cage had been born like a generation earlier, he would have been like the biggest horror star um he'd have been up there with you you know your Karlov's your and uh and uh all your, all your greats there and he could have been all, the people's dracula in in uh the uh, the original times yeah because he
0: because I, I guess he 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 has now tried because i don't know for how much how many horror films he's done but like that that he kind of tried that more recently right the last sort of like 10 or so years he did like mandy um and also that like mom and dad films which I'm not a huge fan of, um, but um, I think he was trying to maybe get his, like, get into, like, horror chops, but maybe it was just, like you said, just about the wrong time.
1: Yeah, he's he's been, he's, he says he's not really a fan of, like, the slasher horror, but he sort of appreciates the genre. But he's done, like, Mom and Dad, Mandy, Color Out of Space to an yeah. extent. He's done this. He's done, he did, like, Season of the Witch, which was kind of like about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of witch Hunters. Um and he almost, there was a film called Shadow of the Vampire, which starred like Willem Dafoe as Max Shrek. It was kind of like this, not mockumentary, but like a demi almost about the making of Nosferatu, where he yes. may actually be a vampire. Nick Cage was almost Max Shrek in that, but I think he, he, Willem Dafoe got the role and he produced it instead.
0: Oh, wow, that's kind of interesting.
1: So he's, he's been he's been tickling around the vampires for quite some time.
0: Oh well, and and, and and now he gets to play Dracula,
1: and it's all coming full circle.
0: Yes, no, that's cool. No, it's exciting. Um, but now I'm excited. Yeah, I like I like when um, kind of actors try their hand at horror. I think it's important. It's important to have a go at every genre.
1: He's yeah, I think until the westerns come out in the musical, he's done has it. He all? Done, has he done sci-fi? He's done some like dystopian future stuff.
0: That what, that count That's sci-fi. That counts as sci-fi.
1: Because mm, I, I yes, think
0: so. the argument for, like, I always find the argument for, like, best actor ever, I think it's hard to ever choose if they haven't, like, done everything, because um, there, a, 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 there was an argument that um, Tom Hanks is one of the greatest actors, and he, we're, 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 although he's, he's an okay actor, I've never seen him play, like, a really bad guy. I've never played seen to play somebody evil, and I think if you can if you can pull off the comedy, if you can do the rom com, uh, and um, you can do like action, and then if you can pull off like a bad horror role, I think you're, you're, you're in for being one of the greats.
1: This, I think that's why he has to be in the contention to, on that that conversation because he can do all genres and he can do them well.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I I'd even again this is this is horror com. I'm just like. I'm still in awe. Again, I've watched it like three times now. And now I love the film. <laughs> it's like I've forced myself into loving this movie where originally I was like, uh, as my little uh, pretentious uh, like horror and movie fandom was like, oh, this is bloody ridiculous. And now I've watched it three times and I'm like, well, now this is slowly becoming one of my favorites, <laughs> which is not something <laughs> I'd, I'd ever say. But it's just such a, fun, it's such a fun ride. And again, say a fun ride until going back to this um, uh, club scene uh where there's like an actual murder. <laughs> yeah.
1: So he just he just makes his way into the club, sort of slinks towards like the back rooms, and there's like another 80s babe there. And he he's somehow, because it has established he is a whacker, yeah. um, he's wooing her. Um and I- then because he has the
0: play, he comes in with the plastic fangs being all strange, and she just like, mimics his actions. And he's like, right, sweet, good to go. And she's like, yeah, absolutely, come for me.
1: <laughs> and he does. Oh, God. That plastic teeth to the neck just takes her out of commission. Well,
0: the teeth, I think the teeth come out. So, because I think if he if he plastic if he plastic teethed her, it would be that comedy thing if he would bite, pull away, and the teeth would still be in the neck, and it'd be like ah, ha ha ha. But like, I think if the teeth come out, he then bites her, actually takes part of the jugular out, uh, and then he puts the teeth back in afterwards. And <laughs> I'm just like, oh god. And then you're like, surely she's like, surely she's not. Surely he hasn't just raped a woman and now murdered a woman in broad daylight. Uh, but then you come to the realization that that is exactly what Peter Lowe has just done.
1: Man had a busy night. Yeah, Man, big, a huge night. Good Lord, he God. had a big so, night. So many plans. And then his vampire mistress kind of turns up, and she's with, like, another guy. And then <laughs> like, Oh, like
0: Duncan. No, Donald. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then they're, they're just, like, mocking him. And then all of a sudden, like, she acts like she doesn't know who he is, and he's getting dragged out of the club, like, she's a vampire, she's a servant of the devil. He gets kicked out of the club. And... Um, Apparently that scene outside as well, where he's like kicked outside the club. They um, in the production they kept getting heckled by because um, uh, this was a non-union production, so like yeah. union members kept heckling them. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: So you can't get a break no. these days. Oh, Yeah, that's because um, I
0: was because uh, I getting mixed up because um, obviously now he he leaves he leaves the club and we and we and we go into um, the the kind of full breakdown of uh peter lowe just the absolute chaos of him in the streets uh leading up to, to the, the final act um but i forgot and we forgot to talk about maybe one of the most important scenes uh, in the tire movie which is when he runs into a house to use a phone and there are just two mimes outside
1: <laughs> <laughs> so actually this this comes back to the commentary as well robert Beerman uh commented on this and he said i hope so uh, <laughs> He said, it was to the effect of, I have no idea why we put the mimes there. It just seemed like a good idea at the time.
0: Yeah, Can I get this? He runs into a building and then there's two mimes and they do like an action of uh, him like slapping a woman and then do, doing slapping the woman, female mime and then them doing like a kind of little dance. Cage goes in, goes on the phone. Two people in what looks like costume, I remember there being a Peter Pan hat, leave a room. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, so he's going to go in there and then maybe there's going to be some people dressed as vampires. He's going to have some kind of breakdown. But then he just like uses the phone and then just leaves the building. And the mimes do exactly the same action they did as he came in. And then I was like, are they are they going to address this? Is anything going to happen? And the, No, no, there, there were just some mimes and that's it.
1: It's a lot of just like weird background stuff, but then also a lot of people who didn't know what was going on. There's the scene at the end where he's walking around with that plank of wood all covered in blood, and he's he goes to those two people, and he's like, "I'm a vampire, kill me." Those were just two people just trying to go about their day who just got filmed from a long distance camera. They had no idea what was going on. That's so, just that's so a-
0: good. That's I love just I love, approach I love, by I love, Cage. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate because that when it's like yeah, like long lens camera, and so like he hits him just like isn't like most of that seen him just in the streets breaking down just like yeah just a long lens camera and then they just let people react to him just being weird in the street because is he i guess because of raising arizona and moonstruck surely he's like kind of big and famous enough that people would like stop him or was he just being so (laughs) insane that people were like okay nicholas cage is having a breakdown so let's just leave him to it
1: i think this is just kind of a thing that happens in new york on a regular basis so people don't an eyelid
0: yeah, this is Jay, yeah, it's New York, and it's this is his, the
1: Americas. I, the own set of rules in New York is driving that black
0: going, Oh! Uh, oh! <laughs> uh, and he's got the full hunch, right? It's His his transformation is like that full hunch in his back. Is that him hunching, or have they like put some extra shoulder pads in?
1: I think he's hunching, because at this point he's... Uh, I suppose this brings us back to your favourite character of the film. He's having that full-on hallucination where he's having a conversation with his therapist. <laughs> And hallucination therapist basically forgives him and is like, I killed a woman. I raped a woman. She's like, it's fine, Peter. We've all raped a woman before. Go enjoy yourself. Yeah,
0: it's, she's like, it's just your it's id being released or some like something like that. But then, but then, so so yeah. So throughout the entire movie, I've hated this therapist. I think she's absolutely terrible. Um, uh, especially uh, again, there's that there's the the iconic um, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, O, J, K, like the alphabet scene um, where she's they're explaining back and forth what filing is. For like and I'm like I'm like surely she should have stopped him by then. And also like the <laughs> fact that he's having a breakdown on his phone, um, that her all of her advice is just I think all she does is listen to his stories, um, and then and then just give no advice. That's all that she does. And so I'm like, God that help this man, because he's gonna do something terrible. Then he does do something terrible, um, but then you realise, wait a second, does she even exist? <laughs> like her, like <laughs> like at all? Because that would make more sense as to why she's a terrible therapist, because she's just made up in Peter Lowe's head, no?
1: this 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 on repeat viewings is what i'm starting to think is yeah. that um he as you said he's obviously an unreliable narrator i think he's had um some mental health issues preceding the film for some time and this whole uh unraveling of events has sort of tipped him over or broken him down and i'm i, I sort of spoke about this on another podcast we were trying to work out like what parts of the film do you think actually happened
0: oh. Oh my God, cage is gone. <laughs> cage, oh, <bro. laughs> the Nicholas Cage has just fallen over behind you. That was terrifying.
1: It's, he doesn't like me talking about his films like this. Yeah, God. Um, my standee falling over. <laughs> but, 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 what parts of the film we think actually happened? Um...
0: Yeah, well, I think I think that. Well, in my in my head, that comes down to his voice. So the way, the way I'm thinking is that when he does his like father voice and his like strange accent is when he is having mental breakdowns and then when he's doing his like proper kind of like Manhattan accent is when that he's kind of um, like together again. Um, But then I guess, I guess this, this, this scene kind of breaks out, breaks away from that because in his hallucination, he speaks very proper and he's all clean cut and this is what i'm saying that the juxtaposition in the scene where he's talking to his therapist at the end to him in the street with like the steak covered in blood his hair like down his face is just ridiculous that was the moment where i went oh no this character has been on a hell of a journey because that, <laughs> the one in his hallucination is what he was at the start and then him in the street now is is absolutely ridiculous
1: yeah, and he's he his mental process basically invents his perfect woman as well. And then they're strolling down the street going, Oh, I've read that book too. And then he's he has that argument in his trash department where he then jousts her with the steak.
0: Well yeah, he like 'cause um she's called she's called Sharon. And he and he um he constantly goes, Sharon, Sharon, what a beautiful name. What a wonderful name, Sharon. And I'm like, If you're gonna make up a dream woman you wouldn't call her Sharon no no offense actually no full offense that everyone called Sharon's this. Uh, <laughs> but like um, but because she in in the therapist's office with with Sharon um, he says like I've turned into a vampire I raped a woman I murdered somebody oh and I'm, and I'm a vampire and she's like oh really that's great and she like just kind of like, boys it off and just accepts it But then when they're in the apartment he's like why don't you like me being a vampire and you're like five minutes ago Peter she was absolutely fine with it so you're taking this a bit bit too far And then he's just like, yeah, just just absolutely having a mental breakdown.
1: So much of a relationship is based on communication, Peter. And (laughs) I don't think.
0: You're not listening, sir.
1: Well then he starts retching again and one of my favourite bits of physicality is when he scurries, does like a running man, he goes Woop, woo, 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 under the, like the chair sofa.
0: <laughs> little Zoidberg.
1: <laughs> just a little Zoidberg under the sofa. And I thought the little coffin sofa was great. That's I, like, that's
0: great. I've got that in my, in my notes I it just it's written just like, um, oh, sofa coffin is genius. <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, that's really good. Because I would have just um, gone under my duvet. I don't think I'm as creative as Peter Lowe is. So I would have gone under my duvet and shut my curtains but he's gone like, no, I'm going to make a full usable coffin that pulls up and down and then tapes up his windows But he could have just used his cans
1: <laughs> and for all we know the bat is still in there in the pile of debris somewhere i don't think he ever got it out. He-, he never
0: closed that window <laughs> so, 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 so <laughs> there's always going to be a bat in there
1: <laughs> well i suppose because this this is right at the apex of the film as well what were your thoughts on the ending because i i I, I sort of get it now, but I've—I think the first time I watched it, I found the ending to be like very sudden, um, with his his sort of an ultimate demise.
0: Um, I I I actually quite liked I quite like the ending because it, again it kind of ties. Other, other than the poor murdered woman, it kind of tied like everything. Everything together, you 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 finally realize with his conversation with a, a, like a wall that he is having a mental breakdown. It is that scene from American Psycho where um, Patrick Bateman is screaming at an ATM. And then yes, it's, it's yeah. please, insert, please insert a cat into this ATM. And then he just goes absolutely insane. And he, get, and he makes that phone call to his mate. And he's like, well, none of that's happened. And that's the scene. This is that kind of exact scene. Um, and then the kind of, we're all we're all on on team Alva because we're like, horrible things happen. Something bad is going to happen to Cage because that's how kind of movies work. If you do terrible things, something bad has to happen to you. Um, and so I'm kind of glad that um, Alva's brother, is it? Is it her brother? Yes. Yeah, yes. brother. Um, does does kind of kill him? That that element does become quite sudden. I would have liked maybe an exchange from them, or maybe some kind of like weird fight within the um, within the apartment. But I guess I guess Peter Lowe is just exhausted at this point. <laughs> the, man, the, the, man, the man just needs to rest, and what's the best way to help a vampire rest? That is to ram a giant stake through through its heart.
1: <laughs> I think I remember, I remember as well the first thing that. Maybe, sort of like a shock laugh, was um, but I think it also suits the, the whole thing as well because the brother bakes, uh, bakes, the brother bakes in the apartment. <laughs> a lovely cake. <laughs> you want a cake, you vampire? Fuck? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Breaks into the apartment, um, and immediately Peter Lowe sees him and puts like the steak up to his chest. He's like, kill me, and then he pushes it down through like his heart, and then Peter Lowe just goes, ah. <laughs>
0: Well, that like thinking about it, that is a horrible way to die because it's (laughs) it's not like like not that being stabbed with like a knife would be nice to go, or even just beaten to death with the crowbar that isn't used, which that seemed pretty silly. It's like the director goes, "Okay, you're gonna take a crowbar in, you're gonna use that to smash the door open," and then the actor's gone. Why don't I just smash him on the head with the crowbar? And he's like, "Well, throw the crowbar away," (laughs) and then then there'll be a stake there. But he pushes like a pretty thick piece of wood through. Uh, Peter Lowe. and that um, that must have really hurt.
1: <laughs> uh, disarm yourself, and then kill the vampire with his own weapon. It's yeah. all it's all coming up Millhouse.
0: My um my housemate uh, my, Harry um was saying like what well, I would have done. He's like okay, what would you have done? He's like um I would have um m- positioned it so that the stake um was in him, and then just moved the sofa so it landed on top of the stake, so it looked like he'd held it there himself, and then. The sofa fell and then pushed the stake into him, making sure okay. that Alva's brother doesn't get blamed.
1: Oh, interesting. Which
0: is interesting. But I, I, I think it we needed we needed some revenge um, for for Alva. Um because yeah, she'd been through a horrible ordeal, and to be fair, we just needed gauge to calm down. <laughs> and the only way to do that <laughs> was probably just to kill him.
1: In real life, the only way to calm Nicolas Cage down is to drive a stake into his heart as well. Gives him a a little a little time out on the naughty step, Mister Cage. Stake in the heart for you. Um, and then, obviously, that thing right at the end during the credits, like the vampire lady says, "Like dream of me," which was the whole goes back into the whole. Like, did any of this happen? Uh, was there a vampire lady? Was is the, is the credits running through his head as he sort of fades from this realm? Ooh. I don't know.
0: No, I, I, yeah, yeah, it's had this thing. I mean, the, yeah, the great thing about the movie is that is he a vampire? Isn't he a vampire? I'm very much on team he's absolutely not a vampire. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it didn't exist. And that man is just uh, very, very unwell. And thanks to his um, unhelpful, maybe not real therapist, uh, now now he's dead. And we're all probably for the better for it. At least all those those poor women that he just like grabs from the bar like every night and brings back to his apartment, and then it's just horrible to them.
1: There'll there'll be um, a true crime podcast in the Vampire's Kiss world coming out covering all of these (laughs) uh, horrible escapades. Um, But with with this film as well, um, I found it quite interesting because, like, it's. I I say all the time in this podcast there's, there's films Nicolas Cage is in, and there are Nicolas Cage films. This is. Arguably the cagiest of the cage films for many a reason.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think this this and you'll be able to quite kind of answer this. I think this is a kind of go-to for cage heads, because like it, it is him at his maddest, and if the if the person that you're watching it with doesn't like the film, they will at least appreciate and have seen the memes. So for me, it's a kind of it's a it's a win win. Oh, you want to get involved in the cageverse there, or the, the, was it the universe of um, sadness? The multi, the multi the multiverse of sadness. Um, then I think this is probably a good one to start, uh, and then I'd probably go into my 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 all time favourite cage film, which is of course uh, Con Air.
1: I mean, there are a, a lot of delicious pairings that you can sort of have with this. I'd be interesting to, interested to sort of see this when Renfield comes out. We've got a uh, full Dracula cage. Who's uh, playing
0: Renfield?
1: Uh, Nicholas Holt.
0: Hmm. Not so. Not so keen on that. Um,
1: <laughs> Apparently, some they they did a test screening of it, and some early reviews came out, and everyone was saying the best part of it was Cage, and they wanted more Cage. So, what they do with that in the release in the run up to the film, because the principle of photography has all finished. Yeah, we will find out. We will see.
0: Because I guess it's, it's called um, this is called Renfield, so it's, I guess it's about Renfield. But I don't think I would cast. I would. I'd cast. Um, have you seen the uh, the Banshees of Sharon?
1: Yes, saw it sort of a few weeks ago. Loved it. i
0: great. My film of the year. Um, but Barry Keane. Um, yes, I'd, I'd I'd cast him and Cage alongside each other in terms of Renfield and Dracula. I think that would be a fantastic pairing.
1: I loved him in that film, but his, his character's basically, I'm just a silly boy and I want to see your boobies. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> and we can all relate to that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I find it, um I sort of, you know, looking on the, the other little bits and pieces of stats about Vampire's Kiss, mm-hmm. and I always say it's whether or not you adhere to Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, because it's an, an aggregator, hiss, hiss, hiss. Mm. Um, but it sits on 61%. There's a little tomato next to it. So That's good. En- en- enough people were into it that it's not close to being Nicolas Cage's worst film from a critical review-aggregated standpoint. Um,
0: I think it's fun I think it's fun I think it's a genuine like I keep saying this like it, again it's one of those films where you go oh my god you'll love it. So it's so funny and then you get to like the rape scene and the murder and you're like oh god damn it <laughs> that's that's, <laughs> that's ruined everything I stand for here um but like it's 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 genuine entertaining movie it's it, it comes an hour 40 um uh, or 48 I think um and I I myself normally rate a film down for being uh anything over 90 minutes however um this movie it doesn't feel like that because it's like it's Batshit crazy from the get-go.
1: Hi oh, make myself sick. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the older you get, the shorter you want your films to be. Anything over 90 now I'm like oh. <laughs> Yeah. Oh,
0: it's three 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 hours and forty-five minutes. It's like just write a book. Just, <laughs> just write a book. I'll take longer on that. I, I, I don't need that. I'll do two hours if the film is good enough.
1: I don't think it overstays its welcome too much, but when this came out in June 89, uh, let me tell you, I'll give you some of the, the heavy hitters of June 89. Go on, uh, oh, go this, on, oh I, wrote, this...
0: I thought it was 88, so I re- wrote down some 88 films. I realised that the year is completely <laughs> wrong, so they're absolutely irrelevant.
1: You're out! <laughs> um, this film was released to fail, I think. I mean, when it came out, this is the same sort of weekend as Dead Poets Society, and also the Hulk Hogan film, No Holds Barred. Oh, everyone's favourite, yeah. <laughs> but also in June, we had Ghostbusters Two, the first Michael Keaton Batman, Karate Kid Three as well, and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Um, like, so it was a-
0: it's, um, yeah, I, I guess so. But what I mean, um, do you know what horror films came out that year? Because that would be that would be interesting to know to see. We um, have to have a moment of silence while we Google that.
1: We just we're just padding padding the noise padding the air as we're both feverishly typing
0: <laughs> horror films of 89 um okay yeah well i mean we've got um pet cemetery which is which is huge which is fantastic um and we have well we've got alien wait a second i'm um, actually this is just a list of horror films <laughs> this is nothing to do with 89 <laughs>
1: uh halloween 5 came out in 1989 okay. um friday the 13th part 8 where jason was also in New York at the same time.
0: Oh, oh, wow. Now that's that's a movie I'd like to watch.
1: (laughs) Peter Lowe versus Jason Voorhees. (laughs) Um, I'm just going through a large... uh, Lobster Man from Mars. How can we forget Lobster Man from Mars? Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child, Pet Sematary, as you've said, Psycho Cop. Um, Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge.
0: Well, you know what? I think that... I think the fact that most horror films that year were bad, and then this wasn't rated very highly that year, says a, <laughs> says a lot about it. <laughs> uh,
1: Toxic Avenger parts two and three, part three, the last temptation of Toxie,
0: same year. What, what a year? What a year for film? Nineteen eighty nine was. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, and there was also Tetsuo the Iron Man.
0: I, I yeah, no no idea what what that is. But um oh I would I mean I would vote this very highly on my favorite vampire film list now.
1: I would say it's up there with my favorite films of 89. Kidding, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> given given the competition.
0: Yeah, that's fair enough.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but this is the thing though like all jokes aside it's one of those that I'm repeated viewings I do genuinely really enjoy this film now. And not just for the for for um uh, the cage historians out there when this is sort of the pinnacle of many things that would be to come for Nicolas Cage. Um, you know, it, it's it's a bold film for many reasons. It's a batshit film, excuse the pun. Um it's it's you know, would it be the film I'd introduce someone to Cage 2? It would depend on how I was with that person's mental illness. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd have to know that person for quite a long time before I was yeah, like... we don't go we, blind we on
0: this one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's an interesting film to watch blind, but um, I think uh, brace yourself is kind of what I'd say for that. Absolutely. But I suppose as we sort of come to the end of our 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 fevered discussion for this fever dream of a movie here uh Rob Jones what would be your Jerry Spring of final thoughts on 1989's Vampire's Kiss
0: Um I think this this film is is a grower much like Nicolas Cage's Hog when he sees a bat um but I think if you, if you, I think if you look past if you look if you look. If you, if you go in enjoying it and understanding that it's going to be mental, I think it's a genuinely very enjoyable film. Um, I wouldn't say it's a horror film. I'd say it's it's definitely more of a kind of psychological thriller that may in, its, may in a way have paid the way for films like it of the kind of um, successful businessman not necessarily looking after his mental health and kind of towing that line between reality and fantasy. Uh, and it does it in a uniquely cage way, Uh, which after the third time I've watched it, I'll I'll probably have to watch it again.
1: (laughs) Nicolas Cage crawled so Christian Bale could walk and it will take you at least three viewings before you (laughs) truly truly,
0: really enjoy it. (laughs) Maybe maybe I don't like it. Maybe I hate this film, but I've just watched it so much that now I can quote the entire thing. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's a quotable film if nothing else but that fourth viewing is going to be the one that tips you
0: would you, uh, um, before we leave would you be able to do uh, the ABCs uh, in Nicolas uh, Cage style would, would I be able to see that because it's kind of what I think we want as an audience
1: I thought you'd never ask <laughs> yes. oh god, let me uh...
0: maybe stand back a little bit
1: <laughs> oh god, I'm going to have to stand up here oh god oh yeah, you've we'll got to do the
0: whole gestures yeah, yeah, yeah. I, on, I, I mean, unfortunately, I, I on. no one can see this, but um, I, I imagine... This is
1: this is purely for Rob Jones at this point. <laughs> yes,
0: absolutely. Right. So,
1: it's in one of those files, you know. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, J, K, L, M, N, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. Ha! But-
0: fantastic oh. that that's that that's that, the only reason i'm here was specifically to see you do
1: that <laughs> the, and just for the listener there is a video recording of this if you ever want to see it slide into those dms yo
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's going on it's going to go on the podcast only fans uh but we come to the end and what a high note to leave on we've uh recounted the alphabet we will, we're both going to douse ourselves in some hot yog. The second recording ends. Rob Jones, thank you very, very much. It's been a pleasure to finally have you on the journey to true cage nirvana. For the listeners, uh, where can they find you on the socials and such?
0: Oh well, I'm uh, TV's Rob Jones on the on the socials, uh, and I'm currently doing uh, the the film festival circuit. So if you're around a Glasgow Film Festival early next year, come say hi to Rob Jones.
1: Go say hi to your boy, giving that Glaswegian welcome, but not the headbutt one. Um, just a little, just a little kiss on the cheek, and say Daryl sent you. <laughs> but with that in mind, we come to the end of the episode. Uh, thank you for returning on this journey to uh, Vampire's Kiss. Lovely to be back. Uh, but until then, until the next one, we'll see you shortly. And as ever, as always. Keep on, keep on caging. It's all you gotta do. Bye-bye.